We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, September the 14th, 2020. On today's show, we're talking Gamecocks football. I'm going to give you my five things that must happen. Five things that must happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this football season. Listen, I've got the Gamecocks three and seven. A lot of you are picking four and six. Heck, Vegas has got the over-under set at three and a half. What five things must South Carolina do if they're going to exceed expectations this 2020 football season? I'll break down my full list. Also, news and notes to get into, your listener questions, voicemails, and we have a fantastic conversation. 2021 four-star linebacker commit. Bryce Steele joins the show. Bryce, a phenomenal young man. We talk about his football career leading up to this point, how he's dealing with the quarantine, why he chose South Carolina, his relationships with the coaching staff, what he's most looking forward to, and his goals for once he gets on campus. Guys, it's a phenomenal conversation. So sit back, relax, enjoy here on this Monday. It is all brought to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Guys, it's summertime. We're getting into fall. We're fully into football season. And at MyBookie, that can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At MyBookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, college football, NFL. Guys, you can bet literally anything and everything. The craziest sports time of your life is here. It's simple. It's really simple. It's easy. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code GameCox. Go to MyBookie.ag, guys. MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code GameCox, and you're going to double your first deposit. Guys, new players get up to $1,000 in free play. So listen, you go to MyBookie.ag, you put in promo code GameCox. You put in $1,000, they are going to match it and give you $1,000 to play with absolutely free. You put in 500, they'll give you 500. You put in 250, they'll give you 250. It's a win-win, guys. You cannot lose in this situation. You literally have free money to play with. Doesn't hurt you at all. If you lose, you can go crazy with it. It's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands across sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Guys, again, that's mybookie.ag, promo code Gamecocks, mybookie.ag, promo code Gamecocks. If you're going to bet on college football, if you're going to bet on NFL, if you're going to bet on anything, you'd be foolish not to go to mybookie.ag and put in promo code Gamecocks, get your 100% match up to $1,000. Your winning season begins today, guys, only at MyBookie. Let's get it. 
Welcome. Happy Monday. I'm Chris Phillips, Joe the Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend, guys. It was a phenomenal weekend, right? Football is back. Football's back, back. We had Power Five games. We had ACC games. I was watching football all day Saturday. Watched football for a lot of the day on Sunday. NFL is officially back. I hope your team won. If your team lost, I'm sorry about it, whatever. But a phenomenal weekend for yours truly. I hope you guys enjoyed the weekend as well, and I'm very, very excited. This is our last week of just Monday, Thursday shows. Do you guys realize that? Realize that This is the last week of just Monday, Thursday shows. After this week, we are going Monday through Friday. The daily shows will return. Monday, Thursday, this week, the last week, that fires me up. I'm damn excited to be talking to you here on a Monday. We've got a lot to get into. Talking Gamecocks football, very, very, very excited, again, to come to you here on a Monday. Whether you're on the commute to work, you're in the office, you're just getting off, whatever it may be, I hope you're having a fantastic day, and I appreciate you spending your time tuning into the show. Before we get going, a couple housekeeping items as always. If you have not done so, be sure to rate the show, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it may be. Go leave five stars, leave your thoughts, your feedback. Hey, if there's things you like, things you don't like about the show, that is where you can do it. And certainly you guys have not held back. I've seen the positive reviews. I've seen the negative reviews. And I might say, you know what? I appreciate the people. I appreciate the people that take their time to leave a review. Because the way I look at it, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, if I've created a stir of emotion inside of you so drastically that you go and leave a review, I have done my job. I've done my job. So thank you to all of you that have done so. Also, if you're not subscribed, like I said before, we're going to daily shows starting next week, guys, and throughout the entire football season and probably going to have daily shows all the way through the end of baseball season. I mean, basically from kickoff of football to end of baseball, we're bringing back daily shows, which fires me up. It fires me up. I love talking to you guys. Be sure to hammer that subscribe button. You want to be sure to get the daily notifications when the podcast drops. So, again, rate, subscribe. you already done so. Thank you so much. It means a lot. I appreciate it. Also, the Daily Crow's back. Like I said last week, the Daily Crow's back, back, though. We're going to do, um, I think for the foreseeable future, I'm probably going to do 12 to 1. I think that is going to be the go-to 12 to 1, the Daily Crow. Really just going to be a live Q&A where you guys can ask your questions, give your thoughts, your feedback, whatever. It's going to be very, very interactive. Um, Rowdy Rooster Radio being put on pause right now. I've already told you guys at nauseam. I don't really love the blogtalkradio.com platform, so sorry if you're from blogtalkradio.com and you're listening to the show, but your platform kind of sucks. Um, so I'm going to go with the Daily Crow. Again, 12 to 1 is probably right now going to be the time slot. I may try some different time slots, but I, I feel like that lunch hour is going to be the most convenient for me, and I think it'll probably be the most effective as well to get you guys to interact your questions. So if you want to tune in, it's going to be broadcast via YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah, it's going to be broadcast on those three channels. So tune in that for sure. Very, very excited about that. All right, let's get in the meat of things. Obviously, we're kind of in that weird week. Where in we're in between game week, and I've kind of wrapped up really all of my preseason preview content, if you will. And uh, So we're kind of in like a weird spot. So I thought to myself, what could we talk about this week? And basically this show, guys, is injecting positivity, <laughs> in a way, into this 2020 football season. Because, again, as you probably heard at the top of the show, I am going to give you, because I've given my prediction for South Carolina football, I've got them finishing 3-7. and seven. I've pretty much listed every single reason why I think this team will not overachieve. And I've had this conversation, and I've, and I've asked different people 
I've asked people that I've had on the show. I've asked people that I just talk to about Gamecock football on a regular basis. I've asked them, what do you feel like if South Carolina is to go five and five or better, if South Carolina is to overachieve, it will be because of blank. If you had to pick one thing, it'll be because of blank. And I think it's really, really intriguing to talk about, okay, if South Carolina does hit that five and five or better number, what will have happened for South Carolina to get there? Because certain things will certainly have, ha- have to have happened. Certain things will have, have to panned out, if you will. And today on this show, I am going to give you my five things that I think must happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season. My five things, and there, there's more. Listen, there's more than five things. I had to narrow my list. There are probably more than five things. I would say definitely there are more than five things. But I'm going to narrow this list down and give you the five things. If the Gamecocks are to go five and five or better, these are five things that just absolutely must happen. They must click. So let's jump right into it. Five things that must happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season. Let's start with number one. And I do not think you guys are going to be surprised at this. But number one, the number one thing that's got to happen, if South Carolina is going to overachieve, they're going to exceed expectations. The number one thing that has to happen for this team is they have got to stay healthy. They have to. There's no way beating around the bush. There's no way getting around that. This team has got to stay healthy. Listen, there aren't many college football teams out there that could deal with a plethora of injuries and still be okay. Like, I don't think there's a single college football team out there that could deal with the injuries South Carolina has dealt with over the last few years and make it through. I mean, you're losing. You're talking about South Carolina over the last few years, and there's a reason. This is the reason Jeff Dillman's gone. But it's like every single year you're losing guys to injuries. And it's not just – you're not just losing guys. You're losing key guys. You're losing contributors to injuries. I mean, you think back to last year. Shai Smith banged up. Brian Edwards gets banged up. But we all know Ryan Holinsky was banged up. Different running backs going down every now and then. You have some offensive linemen. You think about defense. You think about that 2018 season. Listen, I had Caleb Kinlaw on the show. I've had different guys on the show. That 2018 season, you lose almost your entire defense. There aren't teams that can, that can withstand that. And especially in a year like this where, listen, with COVID going on, with the pandemic, depth is going to be so important for this team, for every college football team. Depth is of the utmost importance. So you could really – I mean, you could really justify – Stay healthy. I don't just mean it as far as injury-wise. Stay healthy as far as the the pandemic. Be responsible off the field. Take care of your health. But even just sticking on the field, South Carolina, there's just no way, and I think all Gamecock fans would agree, there's no way this team can overachieve if it does not stay healthy. And, again, that's why you hired Paul Jackson. And it does sound like there's been some nicks and bruises. There have. But things do sound good to this point. Now, the real test is going to be we get in season. How do these guys help? How do they hold up, right? How do their bodies hold up through the test of a season? But as of right now, you know, things sound good. But the number one thing for me, the number one thing that has to happen for South Carolina to overachieve, and really, again, like I said before, when I say overachieve, go five and five or better because that would be overachieving. It would. When you look at the Vegas line, when you look at most projections, Five and five or better would be overachieving. 
So the number one thing that's got to happen, you have got to stay healthy, especially your best guys, your contributors. They've got to stay healthy. So that's number one. My number two thing that must happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season, and we're sticking with some new hires, right? We're sticking with a new hire. I think you guys know where I'm going with this. The number two thing that must happen, Mike Bobo's system has to work and an identity has to be established. Has to. Mike Bobo's system's got to work, period, point blank. And for the first time, and I've talked about this when I broke down the offense, for the first time since really the Steve Spurrier era, if South Carolina is going to overachieve this season, this Gamecocks offense has got to have an identity. And Mike Bobo, when I, when I asked Connor O'Gara this question, when I asked him if South Carolina is to overachieve, it will be because of blank or what will be the reason? He said it's because Mike Bobo worked. Mike Bobo worked, and that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, it's no coincidence my first two points are injuries and offense because those have been the two things that have plagued Will Muschamp over his coaching tenure at Florida and now at South Carolina. His teams are injury-riddled, and they have bad offense. And that is the characteristics of Will Muschamp teams to this point. That narrative has to change. That narrative has to change this year. The Mike Bobo system has to work. If South Carolina is going to get to five and five, it has to. Mike Bobo, again, when I previewed the offense, I said this. Mike Bobo is basically trying to squeeze blood out of a rock right now. A lot of moving pieces, a lot of unknowns on this offense. We don't even know where most of the scoring is going to come from. Really, we don't even know who the quarterback is. But Mike Bobo, if this team's going to overachieve, one of the biggest reasons, if not the reason, will be because Mike Bobo is able to find a way to assort the puzzle pieces to get the most out of the talent he has on offense. Because I think there's talent offensively. I've said that before. I do think there's talent. Don't misconstrue that point. But there are question marks abound offensively. But again, if South Carolina is going to overachieve this season, Mike Bobo must work. His system has to work. It has to. Will it be perfect? No. I do not think so. Will it be flawless? No, I do not think so. Most offenses are not. Most systems aren't perfect. But South Carolina has got to establish an identity. It cannot go week to week with this guessing game of not knowing what are we good at? What are we bad at? What do we like to do? What do we not like to do? How do we want to win games? The entire must-champ era has been riddled of that. I mean, you're, we're, we're talking, you know, when I talked to Mike Yuba. We're getting seven, eight games into a season, not knowing what this offense likes to do, what it's good at, what its goal is overall. We have no idea. So, again, my second thing that has to happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season, Mike Bobo's system has to work, and there has to be a clear identity established for this offense. Point blank, bottom line. My third thing that must happen, for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season. If South Carolina is going to exceed expectation, if South Carolina is going to get back to a bowl game, however, whatever that win total looks like or however that landscape looks, the defense, we're switching sides of the ball. The defense, and, and, and <clears throat> I want to preface this. There are different storylines within the defense that you guys have heard me talk about when I broke down the defense last week. 
There are different storylines. There are different directions I thought about going with this. But to be generic, to be simple, keep it plain and simple. The bottom line is if the Gamecocks are going to overachieve and exceed expectations in 2020, this defense has got to live up to the hype. They have to. They have to live up to the hype. This defense is catching a lot of hype, and I think it's very fair. I think they should be. Look at all three levels. There's talent all over the field. Yes, you, you, you lose Javon Kimball. Yes, you lose DJ Wanham. Less, yes, you lose TJ Brunson. You lose three huge pieces on that defense. You lose major pieces from that defense. But when you take a look at the way you've recruited, you got four and five star guys all over the field. Your secondary, in my opinion, should be one of the best in the ACC. You got two of the best defenders in the SEC. And Izzy McQuamu and J.C. Horn. You got a fantastic all-SEC linebacker in Ernest Jones. You got Zach Pickens filling the role of Javon Kinlaw. Zach Pickens a five-star. You got Jordan Burke stepping in defensively. Five-star. And you talk about the rest of the guys on the defensive front. South Carolina is deep again on the defensive front. This defense, though, has got to live up to the hype. There's a lot of hype right now. There's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of good players. There's a lot of good players on this defense. There were a lot of good players on defense last year, too. And again, I said it before, I know the offense put the defense in bad positions. I 100% acknowledge that. But we can still also acknowledge that this defense, I still wouldn't say played up to the level it should have with the type of talent that's on that side of the ball. So if South Carolina is going to overachieve, if they're going to get to five and five or better, the defense has to live up to the billing we think they could meet up to. They, ha- they just have to. I mean, they've got to live up to that standard. Top half of the league. Everywhere statistically has to get better. This is going to be a team that's going to lean on its defense. No matter how you feel about Mike Bobo and my comments on the offense, this team is going – you can't win games without a good defense. This, this, this team is not going to win 38 to 35 shootouts. I don't think anybody thinks that. So the defense has got to live up to the hype. We've heard the chatter all offseason. We've heard it all offseason. It's time for that defense to pan out. They're going to have to if you're going to exceed expectations this year. My fourth thing that must happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season. It must. It must happen. My fourth thing. And I'm going back to the offensive side. And, again, no surprise, guys. You all know that's where the questions lie for this team. (laughs) Bottom line, that's where the questions lie. The fourth thing that must happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season, quarterback has been – the quarterback competition has been something we've been talking about all preseason. We've been talking about it all preseason, right? It's fun to talk about. It's interesting. It's intriguing. Who's going to get the start? Is it Colin Hill? Is it Ryan Holinsky? God forbid, is Luke Doty going to somehow step up and take the job? But focusing on Hill and Holinsky, right? Those are the two guys duking it out. Will Muschamp stating on Sunday night, they still haven't announced a starter. I'm thinking we'll probably get one this week. And many of you ask me, Chris, who do you want to see start? And my answer is always the same. 
the one that gives us the best chance to win games. I don't give a damn. I don't have a preference. Okay. I do not have a preference. But my fourth thing that must happen, and it centers around the quarterback position, the fourth thing that must happen for the Gamecocks to achieve, overachieve this season, Colin Hill or Ryan Holinsky, whoever it is, has to play the best football of their career. Doesn't matter which guy it is. They've got to play. They've got to elevate their game and play the best football they've ever played. Yes, Ryan Holinsky had a solid freshman campaign. He left a lot to be desired as well. Mike Bobo addressed that the second he was hired, talking about Ryan Holinsky's mechanics. Talking about different things they need to work on in his footwork, stuff like that. How he could grow as a player. Again, did some really good things as a true freshman. Some stuff left to be desired too. He, he didn't play stellar. He was good, pretty good for a freshman. He had his freshman moments, which is expected. That's fine. Then you look at Colin Hill. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Very average at Colorado State. Very average. I'm not holding it against him, but it's just a fact. He battled injury as well. I get that. But he, his numbers were extremely pedestrian, right? No, nobody's arguing that. But it doesn't matter who it is to me, whether it's Colin Hill, whether it's Ryan Holinsky. Whoever's playing behind center has got to play the best football they've ever played. No doubt. They have to. The quarterback saddles a lot of the responsibility in a Mike Bobo system, Mike Bobo team. We've heard that all preseason. Mike Bobo demands a lot of his quarterbacks. Demands a lot of his quarterbacks. This Gamecocks offense is just not going to get off the ground without stellar quarterback play. It's not. Whoever's behind center. Again, I don't have a preference. I don't give a damn who plays, who starts, whatever. Play the guy that gives you the best chance to win. But whoever that is, whether it's Colin Hill, whether it's Ryan Holinsky, they have got to step up, elevate their games, and play the best football they've ever played. Because, hey, Colorado State, Colin Hill ain't going to get it done. I can tell you that right now. It ain't. It's not. The competition's only tough. Obviously, we know the competition's tougher. And that's not breaking news to anybody. And again, Ryan Holinsky, it's not a knock on Ryan. But he needs to get better. He needs to get more consistent. I think being fully healthy will certainly help that. But again, I, I think he's got to get better. And whoever's behind center has got to play the best football they've ever played. It's when you're talking about an offense, and I'm about to get to this point in just a second, but when you're talking about an offense that is so unproven in the skill positions, your quarterback can't afford to be shaky as well. Your quarterback can't turn the football over. Your quarterback's got to be a great decision maker. Your quarterback's got to command the offense. So whoever's behind center, whoever it may be, Colin Hill, Ryan Linsky, hey, maybe it's Luke Doty, I don't know, at some point. But whoever's behind center got to step up their game, play the best football they've ever played in their college career. No question. And finally, my fifth and final thing, and again, I narrowed this list down because I know there are more than five things that must happen. But my fifth thing that I think must happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season 
And I went back and forth on this because, again, the fifth one was the only one where I was like, there's so many different options here I can throw in this number five slot. But you have to stick offensively in my mind because that's where all the questions are. That's where all the questions are. And I thought about narrowing it down to, well, is it does Shaw Smith have to be step up as a true number one wide receiver? Does, does Deshaun Fenwick have to emerge as a true RB1? No, no, no. I'm going more broad here. The fifth thing that's got to happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve this season is you're going to have to have young, unproven playmakers step up on offense. I've talked about all offseason. That's a major storyline. And it's an offense. This offense will not perform well if it does not get help from some of these young playmakers, some of these young prospects that are, on, are now on campus. I'm talking the Jerkari Caldwells, the Rico Powers, the Michael Wyman. Fortunately, Marshawn Lloyd would have been part of that list. I'm talking even the Saquandre Whites. I'm talking Kevin Harris. I'm talking those guys. South Carolina is – I'm talking Xavier Leggett. He's still a young cat. South Carolina is hurting so badly. I mean, I know fans don't want to admit it. People want to wear their garnet glasses. And you know what? If you want to do that, that's totally fine. It, it, that is – that's your prerogative. That's up to you. No, you can live that way. You can think that way. I don't care. It's fine. But any rational fan that looks at this offense knows that there's problems. There's a plethora of questions. These young guys you have that you brought in, that you recruited, they're going to have to step up for you. They're going to have to. Again, I could have went different directions all, like, with, with, this, with this fifth thing that must happen. Again, there's small, smaller things within this offense that have to happen. I, I've talked all offseason. I think one of the biggest storylines is that I think Sean Smith has to evolve into a true number one option. He has to. And I would put that as something that must happen as well. But really, just to sum it up, I say young playmakers. You just have – playmakers at the skill positions have to step up offensively. I mean, I talked about Colin Hill and Ryan Holinsky, whoever's behind center, playing the best football of their career. Well, they're not going to be able to play the best football of their career if they ain't got nobody to hand it off to or throw it to. There's just no way. <laughs> they're going to need help, right? These guys are going to have to have help. Who's going to help them? Who's going to be that guy that makes the play? Who's going to be that guy that gets open and catches the touchdown? Who's going to be that guy that takes the handoff, puts the team on his back, and runs for over 100? Who's it going to be? You're going to have to have playmakers step up at the skill positions. And I'm talking about guys step up and be dudes. Not just be another guy. Not just be a jersey out there. Who's going to step up and be the dude? You know, I had Perry Ork on the show a few years ago. It's been forever. But you know what Perry said? I asked him about the 2015 team. You know what he said? He said, you know what the biggest difference was between that 2015 team and the great Spurrier teams, like the 2013 team, on those great teams, we had – everybody wanted the ball. Everybody wanted to make the play. Everybody wanted to make the next play. Everybody wanted to make the big play. He said that 2015 teams, that 2015 team, you had a bunch of guys looking around going, well, who's going to make the play? Who's going to make the play? I don't know. Who's going to make it? Who's going to step up on that Gamecocks offense and make the play? Say, I want to make the play. 
I'm going to make the play. And if I don't make the play, you're going to make the play. Who are going to be those playmakers that, so, that this offense so desperately needs to step up and emerge and break out, maybe become a budding star for the Gamecocks and in the SEC? So, again, my five things that must happen for the Gamecocks to overachieve, for them to exceed expectations in 2020, back down the list. Number one, stay healthy. Number two, Mike Bobo's system and an identity being established has to work. Number three, the defense has to live up to the hype. Number four, Colin Hill or Ryan Helensky, whoever's behind center, has to play the best football of their career. And number five, young playmakers and really just offensive playmakers in general have to step up on that side of the ball. So that's my five. I'd love to hear you guys' feedback. What are your five things you think have to happen for South Carolina to overachieve? To get to five and five or better, what has got to happen? So those are my five, and I'm hoping they all five do. Because if those things do happen, like I've said all offseason, there's a path to five wins. There's a path to six wins. But those are things that have got to pan out for South Carolina. So let's get in these news and notes really quickly. Uh, a few scrimmage notes. I wouldn't say anything really breaking coming out of the scrimmage this weekend. We didn't have Gamecock dug in the building, so uh, <laughs> unable to, uh, to get any major tidbits. But the biggest thing coming out of it, really the main thing we were all sort of paying attention to and looking forward to, the quarterback competition. Will Muschamp saying they are not ready to name a starter. Mike Bobo wants to go back and watch film. They could name the starter as soon as Tuesday. They're going to start prepping for Tennessee on Thursday. So, who knows? I really think this is just a day-by-day thing. We'll see Tuesday if we hear who a starter is. If not then, we'll see Thursday. But um, I would say I think probably Tuesday we'll find out. Because I think you want to go into game one prep with a starter name. I mean, at some point, you can't split the reps down the middle. You got to say, hey, and you got to let your team know, hey, this is going to be the guy you're looking up to when you go out there. This is going to be the guy who's going to be in that huddle with you. This is going to be your leader. We're going to roll with this guy. People need to know who's our guy. Who is our guy? So, you know, at some point, like I said, when you go into game prep week, you go into Tennessee week, they're going to have to give the bulk of the ones to whoever the starter is. So I'm thinking probably Tuesday, but you never know. I mean, really, you never know. We'll see what happens, but I'm thinking Tuesdays when we'll find out. Um, some other, some other t- small tidbits that came from Will Muschamp's comments as well that I thought were really encouraging. Zaquandre White seems to be back in the fold. He's obviously been battling a little bit of a hamstring injury. He is back practicing again. They mentioned he had a good day in the scrimmage Saturday. Could be a Will be really a huge boost for that Gamecocks running back room if he's fully healthy. Also, I know I posted something about Dak Joyner last week and him battling some injuries. Apparently, Saturday, Will Muschamp saying Dak Joyner had, quote, his best day of fall camp. So, I guess he feels better. (laughs) But outside of that, nothing really big coming. Again, the big storyline we were all following was the quarterback competition. And no starter has been named yet. And it doesn't really bother me that they're waiting. I mean, listen, they don't, you know, they don't have to tell us, I guess. I mean, they don't have to tell anybody, I guess. But I do think you're going to know who the starter is after Tuesday. If it goes beyond Tuesday, I'd be a little surprised. And at worst case, you're going to know Thursday. You're going to know. You're going to know Thursday who the guy is. So, um, some other quick news and notes really quickly. College football roundup, obviously college football over the weekend, some awesome games. Man, if you think being a Gamecock fan right now is tough, imagine being a Florida State fan. Woo! 
Losing to Georgia Tech? My God. Also, we won't even talk about but Clemson beating Wake Forest in a scrimmage. South Eric Kimry with a tweet of the weekend. I heard South Carolina scrimmage went well. Clemson, we'll see how Clemson goes tonight. So, yeah, I mean, it was a high school scrimmage. I mean, listen, I tweeted some things. and I will say again, I'll reiterate, it's sickening how good Clemson is. It, it pisses me off just to watch them. I mean, I'm not going to not watch them. I watched college football all day long Saturday. Um, but it is. It's sickening. And, I, and people think – people thought I was just talking about that weight game. No, no, no. I'm just talking about it in general. I'm just talking about the last few years. It's sickening, though how good they are. And it's kind of sickening to see the competition they play. But either way, whatever. It was great to have college football back on a lot of big upsets. The Big 12, my God. My God. Kansas State, Iowa State, and Kansas all go down to – what was it? Was it all Sunbelt teams? Yeah. I think it was all Sunbelt teams. So, man, I, I think you're going to see a lot of big upsets this year. Though I just think the unpredictability is going to be even higher – just, in, you know, with no crowds and, really, you know, limited crowds, if you want to know, in the SEC. But I, I think upsets are going to be a big thing this year. I, I think you're going to see a lot of upsets this year. But overall, guys, it's just great to have college ball back. It really is. A um, couple other things specifically South Carolina related. I know we're all glued to our TVs Friday night watching. Gunnar Stockton, five-star quarterback commit, ball out on ESPNU. It was fun to watch him, man. He looks good in that 14. I'm happy he's committed to South Carolina. I mean, you know, awesome to see. I mean, he's obviously not going to be on campus for a while. We've got a long time before he gets to Carolina, and South Carolina's going to need to improve on the field to keep him committed, in my opinion. But awesome to see. Gunnar Stockton, I mean, the kid is obviously a five-star for a reason. He's one of the top rated. He's, he's the number one dual-threat prospect for a reason. Um, last thing really quickly, just a small side note. Will Muschamp mentioning on his call-in show, center Trey Jones is out with an ankle injury. Uh, so hitting a little bit in the offensive line depth, but I think Sal Conn should be okay. I don't think Trey Jones is the guy who is really going to play this year, especially at that center position. I think he's probably like third or fourth string. So should be okay. So, all right, let's go ahead and get these listener questions. And we're going to start my good buddy Tim. Tim, a good buddy Tim calling in. He's got a voicemail, and then we will get into our other listener questions. But let's start with this voicemail from my guy Tim. Hey, Chris, just wanted to call in and touch on something we kind of talked on Twitter about over the weekend about you were talking about how the game day crew was gushing over Sam, Sam Howell from Carolina and the fact that it's frustrating that Mac Brown in his second year and year must have said it's been we're an afterthought, right? And the thing, I, the thing I responded to is that Mac Brown, I mean, I know a lot of other people did as well, is that Mac Brown surrounded himself with great coordinators. And that's the, that's the frustrating part. Will Muschamp was hired and, and brought in Kurt Roper as an offensive coordinator who failed in Florida. We already know the struggles that Muschamp had in Florida with his offense, yet he brings Roper over. We know how well that went for two years. Roper was let go. But Sacramento goes 9-4 in 2017. Muschamp has the chance to make a splash hire. You had Jay, you had Jay Bentley coming back, who was, was going into his junior year. You had all the running backs coming back. We were going to get Debo Sample back, Brian Edwards back. You had firepower. There was a lot of positivity around the program. This was the chance to make a hire. And Muschamp knew he had to get it right. And he hired Brian, Brian McClendon. Provokes him from within, more of a buddy hire, and 
like I followed up on it, like, I don't think McClendon was the sole problem. I think Bushingham has his hands in it more than they make us to believe. But to be fair, McClendon was in over his head. There was no rhythm. There was no rhyme or reason to this offense. And it's just frustrating. Now we have Mike Bobo, who is, of course, the front of as well. But Bobo is a proven play caller. Let's hope he provides punch in this offense. But that's the thing. You summed it up beautifully. It is beyond frustrating. So I'll leave it at and we'll forward to the conversation. All right, Tim. Appreciate the voice, man. Yeah, it's always good banter talking to you. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, Saturday morning, obviously watching college game day. I, I tweeted this Friday, but yeah, Saturday I woke up like a little kid on Christmas. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, hey, and I'm not going to dive into it, but the first college game day kind of sucked. Um, this college game day felt like a true college game day. They were at Wake Forest, talking football the whole three hours. You had a guest picker. I mean, it was awesome. It was great. But, yes, to, to hear the game day crew truly just gush over Sam Howling, gush over Mac Brown, and just gush over that UNC program. And I made the point, in year two, Mac Brown has a proven quarterback. He has playmakers all over the offensive side of the football. He has momentum. And what does South Carolina have? In year five, Will Muschamp. They have no proven quarterback. They have no weapons offensively that we know of at this point, right? There, may, there might be some guys on that roster step up and blow it out of the water this year. But right now, none of that. You have no momentum coming off of four and eight. Like, the two programs, it's that you don't feel like they're on the same level, or at least they're not headed in the same direction. The momentum is not going the same way. It's not trending the same way. So that's frustrating. I mean, it's just flat-out frustrating to see a program like UNC that is, – is UNC a better football program than South Carolina? Absolutely not. Does UNC have better facilities? Absolutely not. Do they have better fans? God, no. No. Have they recruited better than South Carolina? I know they're right now having their best recruiting class in like forever right now. But have they recruited better than South Carolina in the long haul? No. Not in my mind they haven't. And go back and look at the rankings. They'll tell you as well. No. They have not. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just frustrating. I mean, it's it's frustrating to see. And, I, again, I, I saw your comments on Twitter, and I definitely agree. And I, I think, you know, we obviously both agree on this, that it's it's just annoying. It's, it's It gets you upset. It pisses you off um, to see UNC. And, and I know people are going to say the whole, you know, the ACC. They play who they schedule. They play who they play, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. I get so tired of hearing the ACC excuse. I know the ACC sucks. We all know the ACC sucks. But you know what? We're in the SEC. That's it. We're in the SEC. If you don't like the SEC that much, then South Carolina should go to the ACC if you think it'll make that much of a difference. But it probably won't because we've lost to the last, what, three ACC teams we played, and we've lost to a Sun Belt team. So what crutch do you have to stand on when you're talking about an ACC conversation? Okay. UNC is beating the people it should play. I had somebody text me on Saturday. UNC gets the win, what, 31-6? to six? 
It was a very close game in the fourth quarter. They outscored them 21-0 in the fourth quarter, outscored them 24-0 in the second half. Sam Howell did not have his best day, even though he almost threw for 300. Didn't have his best day, though. But somebody texted me. You know what they said? When UNC plays like crap, they win by 25. When South Carolina plays like crap, they lose. That's the difference. That's the difference. Call it ACC. Call it whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. See, I think people – I think people here, – here's the here, – this is kind of a side note. But I think people get my – where I'm coming from twisted. I think people think I like to be – they say I'm quote-unquote negative when I talk about Muschamp or I talk about the state of the program or I talk about this or I talk about that. The only reason that I'm so critical and I'm so honest and I don't view things with the garnet glasses is because I want to win. It comes from a place of wanting to win and to win big. You know, I, I think there's this weird divide. And, again, I know I'm getting off, off topic, and I'm going to get to my point in a second. But I think there's this weird divide right now in the USC fan base. I think you have a group of the fan base that's like me. I'm not saying I was raised on the Steve Spurrier era, but, you know, listen, I'm 29. My first years as a fan, when I really understood how big it was and how, you know, when I, when I felt the passion and I felt that in me, into 2002, I would probably say early 2003. So I, I, I didn't experience 98. I didn't experience 99. I experienced two years of Lou Holtz, and I remember what it felt like when South Carolina, when South Carolina won six games under Lou Holtz in 04 and feeling like we had just won the Super Bowl because we got the six wins. I remember Steve Spurrier winning the out the uh, the Liberty Bowl against Houston, feeling like we had just won the Super Bowl. But I'm a fan that was – I hate to say spoiled, but the expectations changed when Steve Spurrier came in and won 11 three years in a row. And is it fair to expect South Carolina football to win 11 every year? No, 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 it's not. I'm not trying to say that. But I think you have this divide between a part of the fan base and I think especially a lot of the younger fan base that they don't understand why we shouldn't expect what we had in their spur year. I don't see why South Carolina shouldn't be an eight to nine win a year program and win 10 to 11 every two to three years and compete for SEC titles. I really don't. I really don't see why not. But then I think you have another portion of the fan base that maybe there's some old heads. <laughs> maybe they've been fans long. Maybe they're just Gamecock historians, whatever. But that uses the history of the program as a crutch. And they think going 500 should be good enough. I really think that's a thing in this fan base. I think that's a – I think that's why you see people butt heads on social media so much. Because I think there's a portion of the fan base that has so much higher expectations than the other part. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if you want to call me out on it, that's totally fine. I'd love to have that debate. But I think that's a real thing. I think that is a real thing. Because there's just no way part of the fan base could be okay with the job Muschamp is doing if they weren't okay with South Carolina being just a six-win program for the rest of their lives. Honestly, and I've said this before off air, and I'll say it to you now. The difference between a program like South Carolina and Florida, for example, that's won national titles and won SEC titles, the difference in the two programs, 
South Carolina fans are adamant, or they were adamant, to, to retain Muschamp after a four and eight year. Florida fired Will Muschamp after a seven and five season. That's the difference. That's the difference. So again, I, I know I got off topic, but I do. I think there's this divide in the fan base in the sense of what the expectation should be. I think the old heads that just remember Carolina football, they remember Carolina football in the 90s and, you know, oh, we should just get to a bowl game and, you know, we're, we're lowly Carolina. We shouldn't, we shouldn't expect to win SEC titles and national championships. And then I think you have this other group of the fan base, the other half that's like, fuck that. We won big under Spurrier. We should do it. We should do it. We should be there. We belong there. This program's good enough. There's no excuse. There's no excuse, and it's just like I said to somebody on social media today. When we wanted to have the must-champ conversation. Oh, we always got to have the must-champ conversation. I, I get that. Heck, it's kind of fun to talk about. It's polarizing. But what I told somebody, and they feel like that must-champ is over – you know, exceeded expectations or overachieved in three or four years, which, listen, we are going to agree to disagree when it comes to that sentiment. But here's the thing. The great thing about the Muschamp conversation is it will play itself out on the field. There's nothing that I have to say that you have to say that you have to tweet, that you have to post. There's nothing. It will play itself out on the field. No questions asked. Because if Muschamp does not win enough, when you take a look at the fan base, the proud fan base this, this school has, the amazing facilities that this school has, the money this school has coming in. from You're in the best conference in the country. You have an overflow of talent. There's no excuse not to win. There's none. There's no excuse Absolutely none. So, you know, again, I, I – and I said it again. People think I hate Muschamp. I hope he coaches here for the next 10 years. But he has to win. He has to. Everything I mentioned, it's just too good. It's too good to accept anything less than winning. And not going six and six, winning at a high level. Competing. Truly competing. And if we're not, and if that's not the goal, and if you're a fan, honestly, I will tell you this, honestly, if you're a fan and you don't think the expectation should be winning the SEC or winning the national title, I think you're part of the problem. I really do. I think you're part of the problem. I don't want fans of the school that don't think winning the SEC should not be the ultimate goal. Every decision that we make as an athletic department, as a program, it should be the sole purpose. Every decision we make should be based on it's getting us closer to Atlanta and winning a national championship. Every decision should be based off of winning. And if it's not, if, the, if that's not the ultimate goal, if that's not what we're playing for, what on God's green earth are we doing? And I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm just overall. So, again, I know I just went off on a complete tangent there and, and – that was so random, but yeah. Bottom line, Tim, thank you for the voicemail. It is definitely frustrating to see a program like North Carolina getting the love and the hype that a program like we should be getting. We should be getting that. 
We should be in the spotlight. Why are we not? What's holding us back? Anyways, let's move into our quit listener questions via Instagram. <clears throat> Thomas underscore Brady underscore H, how many points per game average for Mike Bobo to shock the world as the best OC? If we average 27 points per game or more, I, I mean, I will say Mike Bobo is a damn genius, and he's one of the best OCs in the entire country. Bull Bombers 15, how do you think we're going to do against Tennessee to start the season off? I'm picking a loss right now, 23-17. to 17. I just think South Carolina has more question marks than Tennessee does right now. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong, but right now that's what I'm going with, 23-17 to 17 Tennessee. Will. Lowry, will, would Will Healy be a good coaching hire if Muschamp gets booted? I don't hate that. Sure, why not? Krusty Andy, why aren't more people talking about acknowledging the Bulls' COVID situation? Um, probably because I think people are just assuming they're going to get better. But, I mean, it's definitely something to follow as we get closer to the game. I mean, there's no question. It's definitely going to be something to follow as we get closer to the game. So, I don't know why people aren't really talking about it. Pierce 16 how many points do you see us scoring a game this year? I've, I've went on record points per game average, 18.6 points per game. I'm worried about the offense. 18.6. <clears throat> and finally, Marius 38-11. The defense will have no excuses with the talent and depth they have this year. I 110% agree with you. There's way too much talent in this defense for anything less. Like I said, I mean, finishing top half of the league, that feels that's such a realistic expectation. So I 100% agree with you. I think that's got to be the standard. That's got to be the set expectation for this defense. All right. Appreciate the listener questions. Appreciate the voicemails, guys. We have a fantastic interview. Four-star linebacker and Gamecocks commit Bryce Steele joins the show. Bryce is a great kid, phenomenal guy. I'm really excited about getting him on campus. I really think Bryce is going to be an impact player for years to come. And I know you all have certainly heard of Bryce Steele. You've heard about him being committed to Gamecocks, stuff like that. He's getting on campus in January. Very excited to see him in Garnet Black. So sit back, relax, enjoy this interview. Is brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Yes, once again, SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app. Go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, tickets are finally back on SeatGeek. You can buy your tickets for all five of South Carolina's home football games. Also, NFL, NBA – well, actually not NBA. Anything you can go to sporting events-wise they're going to have, but mainly the listeners of this show, what are you most concerned with? South Carolina Gamecock sporting events, right? And the football games are on <clears> – <throat> they're on SeatGeek. Now, I looked at the prices before we came on the show, and I expect them to come down a little bit, and I expect tickets to be added, but they're not going to be cheap this year, right? There's limited tickets. A lot of you want to go. Save yourself money in the process, guys. You're going to want to save yourself as much money as possible. I'm literally putting $20 back in your pocket. Everybody can use 20 bucks, okay? But SeatGeek, that's going to be the place to go to get your tickets. They have a great ticket ring system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. Guys. So, hey, with the tickets being so expensive, you want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. You want to make sure you're getting the best, absolute best steal. You're going to know exactly where you're sitting, what you're getting. It's going to give you that peace of mind, guys, before you click that buy button. So you're not going to have to worry about, oh, my God, am I overpaying? When there's other tickets available, what am I doing? They take care of all that for you. They really are. They're changing the game when it comes to ticket buying, especially, like I said, there's no more scalping. You're doing everything through your phone. You're doing everything through an app. SeatGeek is going to be the way to go if you're going to try to go to a Gamecocks football game or any other sporting event, really, 
this year. So again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Enjoy this interview with four-star linebacker and Gamecocks commit Bryce Steele. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show, very, very excited, 2021 four-star linebacker. He hails from Raleigh, North Carolina at Millbrook High School. Very, very excited to chat with Bryce Steele, a Gamecocks commit again for the class of 2021. Bryce, really do appreciate you taking the time, and it's a pleasure to have you on. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So, Bryce, let's talk about you specifically. We were just talking about on air, obviously, everything going on right now with the pandemic, and it's hitting everyone differently. You know, we've seen college football come back, obviously, as we're talking right now, there are NFL games on, so that's the positive news. But you're a guy we were just talking about off air. Uh, for the state of North Carolina, at least for where you're at at Millbrook High School, things have been moved to the spring. You're obviously a class of 2021 commit. You're going to early enroll at South Carolina, like you just told me. Just talk about, though, you know, everything kind of fell apart, I guess you could say, in March, and it's been crazy, and I think it's been a good test as far as, you know, guys handling adversity. I'm sure that's something Muschamp and your high school coaches have talked to you about, just handling adversity, control what you control, stuff like that. But what have you been doing specifically to stay ready to keep yourself sharp, obviously, for when you do get to Carolina in January? Um, you know, really just, you know, watching film, breaking out a lot of film from – I, unfortunately, did not play this past season. Um, so I've been watching a lot of film from my sophomore year, you know, breaking it down, just making sure, you know, I'm becoming a better player each and every day. Uh, you know, I work out, you know, two, two to three times a day, um, each and every day. Uh, just, you know, trying to continue to get better. Um, you know, I've, I've stayed in great contact with, you know, a lot of the other commits uh, in the class. You know, we're just building a great relationship with each other. Um, you know, we plan to to later this month get down to campus um, just to, you know, I know the NCAA, technically we're not allowed to be on campus or not allowed to be um, around the kind of football side of things and everything. But, you know, we're just going to go down there just as a group, um, just to, you know, start building that chemistry. Uh, and getting to know each other more and more. Yeah, it's crazy, man, because I, I know this, you know, the pandemic has affected everyone in some different type of way, whether it be for sports or just economically or whatever. But especially, I think, you know, for you, and like you said, you, for your classmates for the 2021 class and just any recruit right now in general, I mean, it, it the recruiting process is already so hectic. And then to throw a curveball like this with the pandemic, and like you said, losing your season and it just, you know, especially, you know, I really do feel for the guys who are kind of like those, those mere guys who really could have used that season, used that film, you know what I mean? I'm sure you know guys like that. But, you know, sure. just as far as, um, you know, the recruiting process as a whole, because you picked South Carolina over a number of other schools, mm-hmm. how has it affected the recruiting process for you at all? I mean, I, again, you were a guy who committed a little bit while back, so I'm sure, thankfully, you probably got it out of the way before everything went haywire. But, I mean, what has that recruiting process, again, been like for you, something that's so hectic, and then you throw this whole pandemic thing on top of it? I mean, fortunately, um, I was able to get to, to South Carolina uh, prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. and quarantine and everything. So, you know, I was able to get down there and, and watch a couple practices, you know, talk to coaches, uh, go over how they're going to, you know, how they're going to uh, use me in their defense scheme. Um, I was able to hang out with a couple of players, kind of get to know them, just kind of get a feel for, you know, Coach Muschamp and the Gamecock uh, football organization. Um, you know, and after that, after being there for a couple of practices, you know, the decision was, was really easy for me. Um, I know, I, I don't know where else I want to be except for South Carolina. Uh, as far as how the pandemic has um, affected my recruiting, um, you know, I, I would have liked to, to been in South Carolina a lot more uh, over the past couple of months. Um, I unfortunately haven't gotten 
my official visit as long, along with all the other 2021 commits. Um, so, you know, I'm really just looking forward to, to possibly getting back to campus um, and just, you know, being in the, in the city of Columbia. For sure. Now, Bryce, I know a lot of people are obviously very excited to watch you in Garnet and Black. You're a highly regarded defensive prospect. For those that maybe haven't gotten to watch film on you, just kind of describe your game. What are your strengths as a player? Um, what do you feel like you bring to the table to this Gamecocks defense? Uh, well, I'd say my IQ is, is pretty high. Um, I'm also really physical, um, you know, from having the ability to, to rush the end, uh, you know, blitz up the middle, um, and then also the ability to drop back in coverage guarding a tight end or a slot. Uh, I feel like I'm pretty versatile when it comes to doing those two things. Um, you know, my size, I'm, my size, I'm able to, to use my strength to compete with, you know, tight ends. And then um, prior to uh, going to South Carolina, I've always played safety. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I've had to guard slot receivers, outside receivers, et cetera. Um, so, you know, I've, you know, guarded a lot of different positions um, just to just to make me a better overall coverage player. Yeah, and I, I think definitely you can attest. As many athletes as you can get on the defensive side of the ball, the better, because obviously with everything evolving on offense, I think you're seeing those those faster, quicker linebackers that can cover those guys in space. On the flip side, Bryce, if you were to evaluate your game, things you're going to be – that you're really honing, on, honing in on right now, but things that you know you want to improve – uh, obviously, right now, as your time leads up getting to South Carolina, but once you get on campus, what are some things that you can think of off the top of your head that you've identified as things that you really want to want to shore up and strengthen up, if you will, once you get on campus? Uh, the ability to study film. Um, like I said, like I mentioned earlier in the interview, I've really, really been trying to work hard on being a breakdown film from other teams, uh, watching their formations and being able to kind of know the play before it's, the ball snapped, really. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, with the, you know, Coach, Coach Wilson, Coach Kranz, and and because um, uh, Muschamp at South Carolina, they're all de really defensive-minded coaches. So, you know, their aspect of being able to help me learn how to do that, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, that's, that's really – Right. No, for sure. No, it makes sense. I, I want to ask you, because you mentioned Coach Muschamp and obviously the relationship with the coaches. I, I want to get to that in just a second. But, again, you go down the list. It's a very impressive offer list for who offered you. And, again, you're a guy – you're from Raleigh, North Carolina. So you're from the state of uh, North Carolina, and South Carolina was able to go in there, pluck you out of North Carolina. It, it sounded like for you it was definitely a no-brainer, like you said. Once you got on campus, you saw the facilities, you saw the campus life, you met the players. But kind of go in detail as far as you visit South Carolina. What made it click for you, and, and what made South Carolina, in your mind, the right decision? Um, well, when I, when I tell you that, that South Carolina uh, has been recruiting me every single day, since my freshman year, I, I, I mean that. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of schools, you know, tell you how much they're going to recruit you, but, you know, South Carolina was most definitely a man of their word, um, you know, getting text messages from multiple different coaches each and every day, you know, just, just trying to make me feel at home, feel at home and welcomed uh, as much as possible. Um, and, you know, just sending different graphics, uh, kind of helping me to envision myself at South Carolina playing in um, their stadium in, in front of those, you know, thousands and thousands of fans. Um, also, you know, just the relationship I built with, with all the coaches there, um, I can tell that they care for me as more than just an athlete. Um, and that was also a big, big factor in my decision to commit to South Carolina. Uh, also, I mean, like you said, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. So, you know, Columbia is not too far, but it's also, you know, away from home. I'm able to grow uh, as a man um, and just, you know, experience new things each and every day. 
For sure. Now, again, I want to dive into your relationship with the coaches because you talked a lot about Rod Wilson, T-Rob, obviously, Will Muschamp. I think it's awesome. You know, I know Gamecock fans are really happy to have Rod Wilson back on campus because he's a guy that played at South Carolina, is in the NFL. He's got a Super Bowl ring. They've been talking about that all last week. He got that Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs. Um, you know, just overall talk about your relationship with the coaches because, like you said, South Carolina does have a really strong nucleus of defensive-minded coaches led by Will Muschamp. Yes, sir. So, uh, kind of going back to my uh, freshman year, um, before I even received an offer from South Carolina, I had camped over the summer, and uh, it was I think it was a pretty good camp overall. Um, and after one of my uh, one-on-one reps, Coach Muschamp himself came up to me and, you know, said, you know, we, we might not offer you today, but we're going to be recruiting you from this day forward to, you know, your, to you sign, really. Um, and like I said before, he's been a man of his word. Um, I've also, you know, over the years, become uh, really close with Coach T-Rob and Coach Krantz as well. Um, you know, Coach Wilson, I met him for the first time when I visited practices early in the spring. Um, and, and right away, me and him clicked. Um, just, you know, just his past of, you know, playing in the NFL, coaching, and now, you know, being back in South Carolina, I just think it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I, I love talking to him each and every day, uh, kind of about things other than football. Um, and of course, football too. But I can just tell from from just speaking to him, he's, he's very knowledgeable about the game. Um, and I'm really excited to, to get to work with all those coaches. Now, when you spoke to the coaches, was there any, obviously this is way far out, but was there any specific maybe do they have an, a vision for you like a plan for you you know how you fit in the defensive scheme what type of player they see you becoming um what were those conversations like if any um well a lot of people try to compare me to different players that have already you know gone on to play college ball or mm-hmm. nfl ball um and you know uh, i've gotten a lot of comparisons to sky Moore, um who played at south carolina that's a good comparison <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so I'll be playing uh, Sam Will linebacker there, um, kind of, you know, dropping back into coverage, blitzing off the edge, uh, a lot of the stuff that I do, you know, playing high school ball. So, like I said, I'm really excited to, to, to dive into that defense and just, you know, soak up as much information as possible. For sure. You spoke about the NFL. I want to ask you, and being compared to other players, is there – is there a guy, like an NFL guy, that you like to watch model your game after? Because, again, I was watching NFL football earlier, and I was watching actually the Seahawks-Falcons, and, and that's Seahawks defense. I mean, they, they just get after it. But is there – are there any specific guys that maybe you you maybe like to watch on film or study them, study the way they play the game, take away stuff from them? Are there any guys like that for you that you sort of try to model your game after? Yes, sir. Um, well, it's actually funny to say the Seahawks because I'm in, like – I've been a Cam Chancellor fan for, for years now. Um, I just love his physicality and the fact that he's a big safety that plays in the alley. He's not afraid to come down and make the play. Um, and then also, I know that he hasn't, you know, today is going to be his first snap uh, of, of, of his NFL career, but Isaiah Simmons as well, mm-hmm. um, despite playing for Clemson and everything. Uh, <laughs> well, he's a hell of a player. Either yeah. way, he's one hell of a player for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but I just love how versatile he is. Um, like he kind of had the same path as me. He started off as a safety in high school, trying to transition to a linebacker uh, playing at Clemson. But they also used him in, you know, many different ways in their defense. Um, that's what kind of made him such a valuable player to Clemson's defense. Um, so I, I'd say those are the two two players that I really try to, you know, watch film on and kind of model my game out there in a way. Yeah, just on a side note, watching them, Jamal Adams, he is such a beast. He, he is a fun, fun player to watch. Dude. He's all over the swag, all mm-hmm. over the field. It, it's fun to watch him. I, I want to ask you, because obviously we're all keeping our fingers crossed. This season's wacky. We're, we're only having 
I think, 20,000 fans in the stadium at Williams-Brice this year, which is going to be very, very different. I mean, I'm sure you watched a lot of college football yesterday, and it looks very different across the board. But you're getting on campus this next spring. You know, we're all, again, keeping fingers crossed, assuming we're going to be back to normal. What do you think it's going to feel like that first time you run out to Williams-Brice, 2001, there's 80,000 screaming? What, what, what do you think that's going to feel like for you? I'd say like a fat kid walking to a candy store, <laughs> you know, just, just walking around seeing all the candy and everything on the walls. Um, just that, just that excitement really. Um, you know, I, I love fans. Um, I love, I, w- I was able to go to Alabama game. Um, gotcha. Um, and so, you know, just, just to hear how devoted the, the fans are to the, to the um, football program there is just, it's incredible. Um, so I, like I said, I'm really excited to, to get out there and play in front of those fans. For sure. Now, like I said, you're a couple of months off. Obviously, you've got a long career ahead of you, but are there any any goals, whether it be personal goals, team goals that you've set? You know, I, I'm again, I know you probably text and talk with the 2021 class. I'm sure you guys talk about this too, but are there any specific goals that you've set for yourself or that that class is set or just team goals that you have set that you know you want to accomplish while you're in Columbia? Um, well, first for myself, uh, I just want to focus on, you know, being the best teammate possible. Uh, both on and off the field, you know, just, you know, words of encouragement, uh, just trying to make everyone else around me better as well. Um, and then as a recruiting class, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, you know, first, you know, starting off with the SEC championship and then, of course, working our way um, up to the national championship. Um, but like I said, that that only comes with hard work and dedication. Uh, and I think this class in particular is is ready to take on that challenge. For sure. And I, I know you're going to learn about it once you get on campus very, very quickly. But I'm sure you know guys that are going to Clemson. And you kind of mentioned yeah. the Carolina-Clemson rivalry. It's funny, I talked to past players that have played at South Carolina. It's definitely more, I think, fan-fueled because I think there's a mutual respect yeah. on the field from those guys. But uh, I, I guess just talk about what you know about the rivalry right now and I guess how excited are you to play in that rivalry? Because I, I would argue it's one of, if not the best rivalries in college football. Yes, sir. I'd agree with you there. Um, I mean, it's huge, really. Um, one of my friends, uh, he's also from the Raleigh area, named Mitchell Mays. He plays for Clemson right now. Actually, he got a couple snaps in uh, last night against Wake Forest. So, uh, you know, I worked out with him during the pandemic uh, after I committed to South Carolina. And just, you know, we're, we're friends at heart. Uh, but like I said, when we go on the field, it's, you know, it's enemies. Um, but, of course, we were, you know, talking smack to each other, uh, talking about, you know, who's going to do what against each other. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that specific game. Um, just, you know, opportunity to showcase my talents, really. Love it. Well, Bryce, you've been gracious with your time. One last question before I get you out of here. Uh, and you may have answered this earlier, but number one thing you're looking for, you know, looking forward to when you get on campus at South Carolina, whether it be on campus, off campus, is there one thing specifically that you're like, I can't wait to experience this or do this? Like, what's that one thing for you? Um... And I'm sure it's many things, but if you had to narrow it down, I mean, it's like, you know, what's, what's, what are you most looking forward to, I guess, from getting on campus and getting going? I'd honestly have to say running out and um, running out to the stadium. Um, just, you know, just the, the smoke going up in the air, the, 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 stand, or the um, fans, you know, yelling, screaming your name. Um, just, it just gives me goosebumps just thinking about that feeling. Uh, so I'd say that's, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. Awesome. Well, Bryce Steele, again, 2021 four-star linebacker to Raleigh, North Carolina. Bryce, really appreciate you taking the time. I know I can speak for all Gamecock fans, and I say we're all looking forward to you doing that, running out of the smoke, making a big impact for Gamecock football for years to come, and I think it's safe to say you'll be doing that. But, Bryce, appreciate you taking the time, man. Looking forward again to seeing you in Columbia, and we'll definitely have to do it again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. He's Bryce Steele. I'm Chris Fultz. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Spurs Up Show.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.